Hey guys, this is my leak. This is the My Taught You podcast, and I am back with my very last podcast of 2016. This is the final podcast in the Boss Up series that I've been doing, brought to you by Fresh Books. Um, when I was thinking about what can I, what would be the best sort of topic to wrap up bossing up getting and staying out of your feelings just moved me. So that's what we're going to talk about today. Um, But you all know that one of my favorite things to say is I just need you to finish one thing. That's all you have to do. Finish one thing at a time and you will build momentum. Our sponsor, FreshBooks, wants you to build momentum for your business in 2017. How, you ask? By freeing up more of your time so you're actually able to focus on one thing at a time. See, FreshBooks has created ridiculously easy to use cloud accounting software for self-employed people who would rather spend their precious time building their business than dealing with mountains of paperwork. Now, FreshBooks has been around for a while, but recently using everything they've learned over the past 13 years about how freelancers work, FreshBooks has rebuilt their platform from the ground up. You guys, you have to see it. Um, I... Many of you know that when I started out as an entrepreneur and a freelancer, I used FreshBooks. And from the time that I started using it then to now, I was just on the the new site that gave me a login. It is, I mean, epic. Um, It's on a new level. So you can send clean and professional looking invoices in about 30 seconds with literally two clicks. You can set yourself up to receive payments online. We all know it's about getting our money. And they also have an app. You can take pictures of receipts on your phone, which makes claiming your expenses a million times easier. And for those of you that have teams, such a great um, resource to have when you don't want to collect everybody's receipts. Um, There is an app for that. So FreshBooks is going to let you use the service. Um, They're going to give you a 30 day unrestricted free trial all you have to do is go to freshbooks.com backslash my taught you and enter my taught you in the how did you hear about a section. So um, 30 days for you to have some fun with it, uh, see how cool it is and and apply it, you know, start trying it early in 2017 um, and just put that down as one of your resources to get better, faster, stronger. 2017 freshbooks.com backslash my taught you. So how did I get to this uh this topic, getting and staying out of your feelings in business. So when I turned 25, I got my first full-time job in the industry. So the entertainment industry, Hollywood slash Beverly Hills, because um, a lot of the Hollywood agencies um, are located in Beverly Hills. And 25 years old, I get my first full-time job working as an assistant. And I had done some Um, some pretty good research. I had read some books about what it's like being on a quote unquote desk. Um, and I just knew that I, okay, I've got to get it together. But, um, I I was thinking about that and I'm like, okay, that's not really when I knew, um, I'm going to take it back a few steps and tell you something. I don't even think I've shared this with you guys before. So when I decided that I wanted to work in the industry, um, and had actually, managed to get an interview with the William Morris agency, that whole entire experience like rocked my world. And I think I probably haven't shared it because I may or may not have 
put that out of my memory, but I'll tell you about it. So um, years and years ago, I had signed up to try to, I got through this, um, what do you call this agency sort of the, what do you talent like job agencies where you go and they place you with jobs. I, it's going to come to me, but I had gone and signed up there and, um, I think that was it an, an agency, temp agency or something. And they had gotten me an interview with William Morris. So if you don't know, I'm just going to give you a quick history on William Morris. They, I think they merged with Endeavor recently, but they're a Hollywood based talent agency. They had represented like everybody who's everybody. So think about, um, Eddie Murphy, Tyler Perry, Queen Latifah, John Travolta, Denzel Washington, Forrest Whitaker, Catherine Zeta Jones. These are all, these are the type of clientele that they had and they were known as the first great talent agency in show business. And I get an interview. I showed up very early and was told by the young lady who was at the desk at the time to go into this room and someone would come and get me for the interview. Um, I'm watching the clock because she said that it was lunchtime that I had since I had come so early and I guess in her sort of transitioning to whatever it is that she was doing like she was sitting at the front desk through lunch for the actual person no one ever told the actual person that I was there for the interview so as time ticked by I realized that it is now past the time that I'm supposed to be interviewed though I have been here for like an hour um I walk back up to the front desk and ask this new person sitting there um, that, you know, hey, I've been here. No one ever came to get me for my interview. And so she took me in to be interviewed by, I guess, the HR person at the time. He literally, I kid you not, yelled at me during just about the entire interview. I mean, I literally like I mean, I was sitting there sort of like blinking my eyes. You know how you're going through something like the hell um really but just sitting through it because you know there's a greater message in this for you right like I knew that I could have like walked out like you don't talk to me like that Uh uh-uh but I was like I don't know I felt compelled to sit there because I felt like he literally is telling me something but he was just you know saying that who cares about who told you to sit somewhere when you realized it was your time to be interviewed and no one had gotten you before the time you should have gotten up, walked out, let somebody know, like you, you know, basically like stand up and fight for yourself if this is what you want. Um, and for all intents and purposes, he was right. And he let me know, like, you're not getting a job here because we need people here who are going to like, when they see time ticking by, not just like wait and be like, oh my God, time ticked by or somebody told me to sit there, you know, you know? So it's like, I can't sit back and let someone tell me anything when it comes to my life and career. I should have just gotten up and double checked again because when you're working for the top agency, that is what they expect noted like that was the lesson I got and um I was changed forever by that so that was the sort of like thing you know we all have that thing that happens to us that changes us forever that was the thing that happened to me that changed me forever um one of the biggest lessons I've had to learn as an entrepreneur was not to take things so personal um not that you can't have any feelings about anything and not that you have to be like little miss nothing bothers me but you have to learn to um 
be focused on what it is that you're doing. Um, just because I sacrificed my whole entire life for this doesn't mean um, that the customer is supposed to feel that way when they purchase something for me, right? Like it's very easy to get into our feelings because it's like, I've been working on this my whole life or I've been working on this for five years and you have to learn to separate that from what you're actually doing in business. And um, it is really hard not to feel that way. I will not go through this podcast and tell you anything different. Um, but while difficult, uh, always try to put yourself in your client or customer's shoes. That's always the first marker. So whenever I'm struggling with being in my feelings when I'm dealing with a client or a customer is I literally, I immediately try to put myself in their shoes. And when you do that, it's really, really easy to get clear about what the heck's going on. You know, how would you feel if you spent this money and then got something damaged or then you got subpar service? And so right, wrong or indifferent, um, apologize, uh, solve the problem. And if you are too close to the product like me, um, you can just hire someone or someone's to handle this part of your business. So, um, I have some scenarios that I want to talk you through. Uh, and this is for those who deal with the client portion of the business. I think at some point, even if you are, you sell product, you still deal with like clients or vendors or people on your team. And so I've got some scenarios that I want to help you work through. Um, clients can be very frustrating, right? So let's talk about the client that doesn't ever really know what she wants, <laughs> right? The client that doesn't ever really know what she wants, the best thing that you can do for that client is to get everything in writing and agreed upon. Um, because, you know, if they don't really know what they want and you decide that you're going to do your thing, you are immediately setting yourself up for a situation. So talk with them write things down. I love, so whenever I, I have taught this to, uh, several people on my team, when you do a phone call with a vendor or a client or even a coworker, and you're dealing with like very time sensitive, um, sort of proprietary information, I prefer to get all of that stuff in writing. So if you do a phone call, the first thing I do when I hop off the phone is just to say, hey, Jackie, making up a name. Hey, Jackie, based on um, just want to recap uh, this afternoon's conversation. We discussed, you know, January 31st is the due date for this bulleted. You know, we are going to give two weeks after that to turn it around and be approved by so and so bulleted. You know, like I will just because what I'm not what I'm not going to do is deal with somebody saying they didn't understand. They misunderstood me. Um, that's not what they thought. That is how you clear up, um, all of those sort of misunderstandings and deal with a person who's not necessarily clear about the things that they want. Um, let's talk about the client or the person or the teammate that wants everything done in one minute. And I am guilty of that. I am that person. So this is how you deal um, with that person who is me. It is, it is your job. I, I just, I want you to know this because I think that sometimes we think our job is our service or our talent. Oh, you know, I do florals. So it's my job to do the florals. No, yes. And it is your job to educate them on exactly how long everything takes and that you'll be sure that you will 
that what you deliver be, will be worth the wait, right? So we already know that this is Little Miss Impatient, which I wouldn't say that I'm impatient, but I have my moments. Um, but the way to deal with that person is to educate them on how long things take. So sort of we explain this to brands and clients when they are um, shipping product on their end before we reship it out. It's like we need X amount of time to go through and count, check for damages, um, you know, things take time and I think people don't really realize it. So when somebody, when I, when I ask for things months in advance, it's because I am giving myself a proper amount of time to count for something, find discrepancies, have those discrepancies replaced. So we're ready to go on our target, right? So there's nothing like people who wait till the last minute. What if I waited until the morning of my shipment to count and I realize I've got a box of damaged goods nothing can be done at this point or it just makes me behind so be very clear educate people on how long everything takes because most people don't know how long things take um especially if they're not doing what you do um let's talk about the the client or the the vendor or coworker that makes that makes everything an emergency right everything is an emergency I remember when I used to work when I was freelancing and doing PR work it's like 911 on everything phone blowing up and all of that and what you want to do with the emergency type is establish a clear timeline and then meet all deadlines right so people who are like that they need to have their, they need to see everything laid out in a timeline for them. So I do have someone that I work with, um, a client that I work with who is very much like that, who is very much the 2 a.m. emailer. And I found this year when I had someone on my team send her a very concise timeline. This is when we need this. This is how things work. This is when the box ship, this is when this and that. Oh my God, it was just a really wonderful working relationship Uh, because that's what that kind of person needs Um, you have to be able to show this kind of person that you're always on track because that's what's important to them so next is the client that wants to talk outside of business hours Um, when I first started when I first started I wanted to be the person who was always available because I felt like that's how I'm going to set myself apart from everyone is I'm going to be there when no one's there. While that was a pretty decent idea starting out, I wouldn't say that you want to continue doing that as you progress professionally because it's just not sustainable and you will find that you have no life when you're dealing with things um, all times of day and night. So you must establish your work hours at the initial meeting. Um, I I try to be very clear about that. Now that I am back in a sort of nine to five scenario because I work with companies that are nine to five, vendors that are nine to five, everything is pretty much during the work day. But it's very important that you establish your work hours at the initial meeting, the initial setup, in the initial paperwork. These are the hours that I, we, my team are available for you. Um, if you don't work, if you're working on something and being paid a bunch to work around the clock, then do that. You know what I mean? If this is one of those sort of emergency um, scenarios that you took on and you're charging a grip because, you know, uh, emergency scenarios cost money, then you do that. Um, but if you are not, let them know what your hours are. 
do not respond to emails in the middle of the night if you don't want to establish that sort of work rapport. Um, you can train your clients to work on your schedule by working your butt off to the point that they trust that you're always working on their project, right? Um, I don't have to call some of my contractors because I already know um, that they are working on it because that's just how they are. So if I'm on an email chain with some of the people on my team that are that are contracted out with to work with me, I've worked with them so long and they're always on it that I don't have to forward the email to them and say, hey, did you guys see this? I know that they saw it and I know that they're working on it. Um, last client I want to talk to you about is the client that has to run it by 150 people before it can be approved. You know that or like, you know, oh, I have to let so-and-so know and this person know and I'll get back to you. So you have to force that person to agree to a contact person responsible for decisions. Um, I'm working on a project now with an agency um, and they can contact one person on my team for tech decisions that, that are approved. So everything just cannot go through me. I am too busy. So one person on my team can approve tech decisions. Um, some other business related things, someone else on my team can approve it. Um, but anything with my name on it, anything that says my leak on it has to be seen by me. Um, so other things can go one way. Um, the reason why I do that is because you really just don't have time to manage everything. And I just find that there are so few things that are unfixable. So giving the responsibility to someone else on my team allows for um, us to work faster. And if something happens and I don't really love it, then I just say, Hey, um, let's just flip that because I like it. But I, I'm talking to you on both sides of the coin as the, as the client in this scenario, because that's where I stand on this one. Um, is there are a lot of people on my team, everything can't go through me. So make sure that you figure out who is the contact person if I need to make, if I want to make this decision, um, figure out who else you can work with. Um, most people just want to be connected to the big boss because they feel good about that, but that's just not the fastest way to move. Um, sometimes people's assistants can approve a lot of different things. And so think about that, um, you know, when you're, when you're doing that. But now I want to talk about being overly sensitive while you're working, right? Um, first thing that I have written down here is you are not going to like everyone you work or interact with. Um, you're just not, you have to thicken your skin. And I'm sure for those of you who listen to this podcast, I have shared just recently started sharing some of the letters that I get from people in the workplace. And, um, I think a lot of people seem to feel somewhat entitled to the idea that if I'm an entrepreneur or if I pick a job that I love, um, everything else that goes with it is going to be just as exciting and make me happy and be loving. And that's just not true. Um, I learned really early in my career how to separate the work from the personal. When I'm working, I am being judged, criticized, and measured on my work, my skill and ability. It's not about who I am. It's about what I do, right? So that's really the way I look at it. And I'll share that with you again, because that's really when I like, I was like, how can I explain this? I said, I learned how to separate work from personal when I am working. So right now I am working. Um, when I am doing any sort of work, I know that anything said to me, even in, on my Instagram, I'm being judged, criticized, and measured on my work. 
my skill and my ability. Um, anything anyone has to say to or about me while I'm working is not about who I am. It's about what I'm doing. So key word doing in doing, there are going to be inevitable mistakes. Like we should avoid making the same mistakes over and over, but when you're doing, um, you're going to make mistakes. And I always say mistakes are proof that you're trying. So, um, there's a huge disparity between talking and doing and my work is what I do. It's not who I am, you know? And even if people are thrilled and excited about the work that I do, and if the work that I do makes me money, and if the work that I do, is, is it, it, it excites people, that is still not about me. Like, even the good stuff, it's still not about me. It is about the work that I'm doing. So to boil it down even more, I look at my work as a product. Um, how often have you purchased something that everyone loved? only to find that you didn't like it, right? We all on Instagram, everybody and their mother is rocking this particular lip, uh, lippy, or everybody's using this hair product, or everybody's using this particular kind of cell phone, um, and you get it, and you don't like it. Does that make it bad in general? Nope. It just makes it bad to you. So the same thing goes for our work, our product, Somebody else may love what we're doing. And if they don't love it this time, we don't need to fall apart over it, right? So everything in life sort of applies that way. So if you're able to separate what you do and look at it as your product um, and not who you are and not be devastated as, oh my God, so-and-so doesn't like me. They don't like your product. You have not liked products too. So that's really how you have to look at it. Um, So the my final like the way that I go to bed every night is I ask myself if someone's unhappy with something I've done did I do my best was this my best if I did my best that's all I can offer there is nothing else that I can do outside of my best a lot of times when we get sensitive about being called out on something is because we know it wasn't our best right you know that time when you cut a corner or you let one thing go um, or you hoped people wouldn't notice and they notice and then you're, you get mad that they noticed so in that point just be honest with yourself but if you did your absolute best you couldn't really do anything more than that so um you can always ask for honest feedback in those scenarios, but you must be ready to receive it, right? I think honest feedback is something that um, I'm currently reading this book, The Road to Character, and it just talks about how um, our character is built on sort of always being ready to accept honest feedback. That's not the full premise, but that's sort of what I've gotten so far. So let me give you some tips um, for when your feelings get hurt emotional getting emotional everything and everybody's getting the best of you these are my tips for bossing up uh in these moments uh we're gonna get and stay out of our feelings first thing i want you to do is think before reacting um that is the hardest thing to do right somebody says something somebody does something you get an email client says they're pissed stop and think you know do not react Um, and if you're proactive at all times you don't even have to worry about ever reacting right but let's just say you're not proactive and your clients customers freak out think about it take a pause 
um, if you if it's an email, client emails you, you know, hot boots, client texts you hot and angry. First thing I want you to do is pick up the phone um, because so much has the potential to go wrong in email and in text. So you got to just woman up or man up and pick up the phone and and just just start the apology if that's what you need to do or schedule an in-person meeting. That's one of my favorite things to do when someone's not happy with something that I have done is that it's always good when people can see your face and see you know, sort of see your integrity, uh, see how genuine you are. You know, if you made a mistake, a true mistake, people need to see that. And so if you can, you know, you pick up the phone, you schedule an in-person meeting, make sure that person sees your face because you don't want to have them be angry um, and something that just went haywire or things got crazy. So think before reacting, take a pause if it's email fallout, pick up the phone, text fallout, pick up the phone. If you can go in person, let them see your face so they get an opportunity to see that you really did mess up and you know you messed up and that you're sorry. Um, you got to learn how to separate criticism from insults. Um, it's very hard because when you have put your whole heart and soul into to things everything sounds like an insult but criticism could be in you know your timing your delivery um client expectation all things that we have to learn to manage and that we typically learn along the way um sometimes you know I think people might think this is terrible is an insult but I don't see it as that when someone's like this is terrible I think that's just their how they've chose to criticize it that's not an insult to you it's not an insult to me. I wouldn't feel anything about that. Like it's terrible to them because, oh, something in my eye, my goodness. Because remember that if they say this is terrible, they're just talking about the work, you know, they're not talking about your outfit, you know, your clothing choices, your hairstyle. Um, none of that. They are simply making a comment on the work, the product that you provide. And if you find yourself being sensitive about some things, ask yourself if you truly have room for improvement. And if you do improve, because a lot of times um, we know there's room for improvement, but we don't necessarily know what to improve on. And unfortunately, our clients end up letting us know. You know what I mean? It's like, that's the way we find out. I'll promise you, as I was starting Curlbox, I knew I didn't have it all the way together, but I would have a I would have phone calls with different executives in different areas and they would say, well, you know what you should be doing or you know what you could do. Um, and I had to just stop being intimidated and really just allow them to help me get better. Um, improving through criticism um, is how I got here. Um, you all, Also, something you want to do is always keep the big picture in mind. You know what you're here to do. You know that you are. you cannot let someone's someone knock you out of the frame because you your feelings got hurt like you have a bigger vision right you 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 have to pull it out to landscape view you know sometimes everybody's looking at everything in that little Instagram view you got to pull that out to a landscape view and understand that this is just one thing happening in my life at this time and I'm not going to let this knock me off course 
So sure, sometimes, you know, I've had some huge mess ups, right? I've had some huge mess ups, but I mean, to think that I'm going to go through business or through life and not deal with anything um, that's not going to hurt me, uh, that's just crazy. And you have to ask yourself, what's the lesson? Um, the other day, I'm riding in my car. Uh, for those of you that don't know, I bought myself a Tesla for my birthday this year and it's nice. <laughs> it's really nice. And I pull up alongside this guy who older gentleman and he looks at me in my car and some days I look really young, especially with no makeup. And he kind of looks at me and I look at him and, you know, just kind of like this communicating with our eyes kind of thing. And, you know, like raising his eyebrows, like, huh? And me being like me shaking my head, like, mm-hmm. And I was thinking at that moment, like, I have been embarrassed professionally, you know, I've been, and not just as an entrepreneur, but when I was working, I have been embarrassed. I have been humiliated. I have been looked over. Um, I have been, you know, underpaid. I have been mistreated, but look at where I am today because I was able to keep my view in landscape because I was able to keep my vision very wide and understand that all of these small things that were happening to me were trivial um, on my way to the top. And we say we use the top as just like it sounds good, but sometimes it's really no particular way. But I think people don't understand that everybody's path to the top or their destination or their end of the rainbow. Sometimes it's like a roller coaster dips up and down. Sometimes it's sort of a, a long plateau. Um, and other times it zigs and zags. Um, but as I sat there with someone sort of being like, oh, look at you. It's like, it's easy to look at somebody where they are today. He's looking at me in my car today, but he doesn't know that I have been humiliated. I have been embarrassed. All these things that we feel that kind of keep us in our feelings. Um, and we allow our feelings to ruin relationships, right? We allow our feelings to um, damage some of the biggest things we can get um, of all time and we just can't do that so um, as you go into 2017 and you're bossing up with your business I encourage you to dust yourself off when things come your way that hurt your feelings dust yourself off acknowledge the fact whoo that hurt you know sometimes I'm like that whoo that hurt but you have to just dust yourself off and keep going so um, happy holidays Merry Christmas Happy New Year to you guys um, thank you all. Thank you all for always listening. My website is mytaughtyou.com or myleek.com. And I want to thank FreshBooks again for, um, allowing me this opportunity to do this series, uh, sponsored by them. So remember they're letting you use, uh, freshbooks.com 30 days unrestricted, um, freshbooks.com, my taught you. Bye-bye.